The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The Gospel of our Lord. Thinking about how we're going to approach the Gospel lesson, I need your help with the start on this one. I want you to think about a time and or a place that you shared what I would call last words. It was going to be a long potentially permanent goodbye. Last words. I want you to think about time because I think it's happened to all of us. At some point in our lives, a last word. Had a hint of that just this morning at both early church and this service. Um, Ms. Taylor, Dr. Taylor, she, uh, she said that she's going to be taking a new job and she's going to be moving living in Joplin and, and she's going to be God's going to plant her in that world to bring her faith and her gift of music to a whole nother piece of this of God's creation and God's family but in these times there's some last words she was able to keep her voice really well at the second service in part because she was just brief she just rizzed right by it but in the early service she was more attentive to what she said and in there the tenderness of the goodbye was felt and her voice was cracking a little bit because she loves and she knows we love her in just a short period of time there's a relationship so these last words they're intentional are they not when you think about your last words your last chance to say something to somebody it's intentional there's purpose in what you say there's a direction in how you look Um, there's a significance about your word selection. And a lot of times, there's love trying to be expressed in this. Of all the things you're trying to say, you're trying to make sure that they know that you love them. And sometimes your last words might be even instructional. That you have something of wisdom that you want them to hold on to because maybe if they just hold on to it, they will have a more blessed life and that's what you want them to have. Last words. We're in the fifth chapter... Fifth Sunday of Easter this Sunday. Five Sundays ago we had Easter. And, and the church celebrated what had happened. It was a beautiful thing that we had a risen Messiah. 
that death didn't win because God is, the, God is the one who established life. Only God can put an end to life. And God is Jesus. Jesus is God. And so He gave His physical body, but there's no way that He was dead. And we remember that either the tomb could not hold Him, death could not hold Him. He is alive. He is well. He is risen. We remember that as a church. And for those works, we celebrated that. We had to hear it for a while so it could sink in. Because sometimes it takes a while for us to absorb good news and big news. But right now in the season, we're starting to prepare for what happens next. We're not preparing for a goodbye that was about going to a cross. That's a temporary separation of about three days. This is an ascension Sunday that's going to be coming. Easter season comes to an end with ascension. The very next Sunday we have Pentecost. So on this ascension, Jesus is returning to His Father. And they will not walk with Him. They will not sit down an evening meal and share food again. They will not hear His voice like they are hearing it like as you hear me today. He's getting ready for this move. He'll come back on the last day. He gives them assurance of that. This is not the final word. Our, my temporary separation is temporary. I will come as judge and Lord and King and they will have a Christ the King Sunday that we'll celebrate later in church here. But this ascension is a goodbye for right now. And so as He's preparing them, He's using last words. Last words. Now, the last words that we read today are from chapter 15 of the book of John, Gospel of John. And where this 15 sits, it's, it's, in, it's in a collection of books that's, that has to do with what they call the final discourse, the last messages of Jesus to his friends before he goes to the cross. The final discourse, and it's all in the upper room. Chapter 15 is in the middle. It starts with chapter 13, and it goes 13, 14, 15, 16, and it ends in chapter 17. This whole big chunk of the Gospel book of St. John is about this upper room, last words. Now think about these words. Chapter 13. Actually, in chapter 13, he doesn't use words. He uses his actions. Curious. He washes feet. The king of all creation is washing feet of even the one who would betray him. All the ones who would, who would abandon him and just say they don't know him. Whatever it is, he is kneeling in the posture of that on his hands and his knees and he is washing feet. That's a statement of love. If you want to show love, you can do so as you serve and as you go out. It's not just words or good wishes. It was a demonstration. What does love look like? Look like serving. Chapter 14, he goes into, I am the, he says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And he, then he tells them, I am preparing a place for you and I'm going to prepare that place and then I'm going to take you to where I am so that where I am you will always be. That's what he tells them next in his final words, important words. Promises for us. Every time we walk by a grave, every time we say goodbye to a friend, a loved one, we can say, this is not the end. Because Jesus made a promise that He's taking you to Him, and someday He's taking me to Him, and we will be together in Him someday. Death is not the end of this story. And Jesus gave that as one of His last words. Then He also has in chapter 15 what we had today. I am a vine and you are the branches. God bless you, Mom. Or Grandma. Abide. Bear fruit. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Chapter 16, part of his last words was this. The Holy Spirit is going to be coming to you. The Father is going to bless you with the Holy Spirit. 
And in that Holy Spirit, even though I'm ascending to the Father, you're not going to be orphaned because God is in you. He's no longer just on the outside, but He's going to reside in you. In the Holy Communion, I will reside in you. And the Holy Spirit of God is going to be breathed upon you and filling the church. And you will not be orphaned. Chapter 17, it ends with a beautiful prayer. And the, one of the cool things about this last ending of, chapter, of this upper room, last words in this prayer, is, a, is a, a request for us to be one. His first thing is, know the Father, be one with the Father. Just as I, as Jesus says, just as I and the Father are one, I need you and the Father to be one. What He loves, you love. What He hates, you hate. What He says to do, you do. You dance, you move, you breathe. Your whole existence is to be one with the Father. And then from there, that oneness, that knowing the Father, then you're to interact with each other. It goes from there. It's kind of hard to have that knowing and that love and that relationship with other people if you don't have it with God first. Because the health and the healing start with the God. The life starts with God. And then from there it flows out. Know the Father. Know Jesus. And then know each other. And in this last message He's given, His last friends, that has to do with how we interact with each other. We raise each other up. We encourage one another. We do what we can to support one another. If someone's down, we offer to pick them up and we notice them. If someone's hurting, we notice and we accompany them. It might not be always that much, it might not be easy listening to hard stories, but we share with them because our day comes and we will share, someone will share our burdens. We do this together because we're one with God, we're one with the We share the joys of life. And if someone's doing their best, we cheer them on. If they mess up, we help them get back up and get back on a good direction. That's, that's a oneness, a commitment to each other. And he says, be one. Church, be one. One with your Father, one with each other. That's his last discourse. Now back to 15 where we're at today. He gives us a word. He gives us a word called abide. He uses this word seven times in eight verses. If Jesus uses something seven times in eight verses, we might be blessed to think about it. We might be blessed to ponder upon it, to meditate upon it, to read it later on during the week. What does abide mean? How is God calling me to abide? How might I invite others to abide? What does yeah, it's abide? What abide means will be this. Well, actually, before I ask you, I'll just ask you, what do you think the word abide means? If you were to give me answers what what the word abide means, what would you say? To stay? Okay, what else? Abide. To be with? Anybody else? There's a bunch of comp pieces to abide that can all fit. What else does abide mean? Follow. To follow? Rely What's that? Rely upon. Rely upon. Absolutely. What else? There's some more. Live to live with? To rest with. There's a rest. We had an attorney at the early service, and he says, follow the law. I abide by the rules, right? There's, there's a couple other things. So in case we miss one, I'll go over the, the list that the church can give us for this idea of abide. We've said some of them. First one is to remain. Not to wander. Not to distract, get distracted and leave. To abandon. The opposite. To remain. To abide. Another one is to stay. Firm. Fixed. Unmoving. Where God is, I am, and I'm not getting... I mean, Stay. There's something about abiding is to stay. Another one, to live. If God is life, 
and we're abiding in God, we live. There's evidences of our life of love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, those charities, those things is fully living. Another thing of abide, here's one, dwell. You know, abide in a house, abide together to live together. Endure. Sometimes abiding is enduring. It's enduring either the blessing or the trouble. But sometimes when you abide, husbands and wives who are abiding with each other, you're enduring at times. Sometimes it's magnificent, it's joyful, and it's completely awesome. And there's other times it's just, I'm going to love you whether I like you or not. I abide. Right? Abiding. And then another one, continue. To continue on. There's a movement. There's a, there's a going someplace. So abide is a big word. And depending on where we're at in our life today, how does that word abide hit you? How's it touching your heart? How's God calling you to abide with Him today? What part of your life is God wanting to prune because it's a distraction from your abiding? What part of your life is taking on all this energy and all this attention and you're not bearing fruit? We'll get to that in a minute. That you're not fully living and you're not participating. What in this life is compromising your abiding with your Lord? What behaviors, what activities, what distractions, what hobbies, what sports, whatever, what addictions? Abide. Think about what this means. We change the word to know Jesus. We use the word abide. Remain in Jesus. Live in Jesus. Dwell in Jesus. Endure in Jesus. Continue in Jesus. Abide. It's His last words to us. It's not complicated. But it's profound and it's beautiful and it's for life. Abide in the Lord. And then the other thing he also says today is he uses a phrase, and it seems kind of silly to us, but the idea is bear fruit. Bear fruit. Why would Jesus in his last words make reference to vines and fruit? Well, it's very possible that... Um, when you're in a very stressed and hard time, when you're pressed and you've got big decisions and you're tired from the big decisions and whatever else is going on and you can't take much more, that you don't need a whole complicated philosophical presentation of heaven and earth and Jesus' role. You just don't need it. And it won't work. In that time, in that place, what might be best for a, a child of God like you and I is something simple that we can absolutely understand in that moment and then maybe use for the rest of our lives. We don't need complicated intelligent stuff. We need intelligent, simple stuff to hold on to. Fruit. And the other thing about why would you use that analogy is because everybody can participate in it. You can ask a child who's heard these messages about vines and fruit and Jesus, and you can hear them using it to teach other kids. In fact, everybody in here today could talk to another friend, a family member, someone they know and they love, or even a stranger, and communicate what you believe about God in the fact that you could use a vine or a plant and fruit. It's that simple. There's multiple reasons why Jesus would do it. Because we're to participate in this. You could look at this plant and you could explain to somebody, yes, Jesus is this trunk, just like Miss Galen said, and we're this branch. And if you're finding yourself a little withered and a little unhappy or something's going on out here, well, why don't you start getting more of God's love from the, the branch into your life, receive it, and then you just don't receive it and hold on to it, you'll explode. You've got to give it back. There's a participation. I receive God and I give God. He blesses me with all these things and I'm to share His blessings. It's a through effort. If it's just one way, it dies. 
This branch is determined upon giving and receiving. It's a simple, con- it's profound, is it not? You want the fullness of life, you've got you to be in this vine fully. You have ab- abide fully. And then the purpose of this branch. In this plant, it's a fruit plant. Something I've noticed about every fruit tree. Think, I mean, some of my favorite fruits. I like avocados. Avocados have a seed. Tomatoes have seed. Apples have seeds. Oranges have seeds. Lemons have seeds. The stuff that I eat the most of, they all have seeds. Now these days, I mentioned this earlier, church. These days, they've, they've genetically modified stuff so you can't take those seeds and plant them and get another tree out of it because you might get some strange-looking anomalies. I mean, the fruit looked good, and, well, sometimes it tastes like the fruit. Mostly it's the looks. And, but you, know, you might get the fruit, but it can't reproduce. But that's not how God made it. When He made us... He made us with a capacity to participate in Him and then to be fruitful, which means you have received everything that's needed to pass it on to the next generation. You take that apple and you stick it in the ground and another tree grows. You take the avocado and you put it in the ground and another avocado grows. That's the, that's the simple teaching point by using a plant. Every one of us can get it. You're grown and you're developed and this branch produces you not so that you can just, that's the end of it, it's so that you can make fruit the next time. What's your legacy? What's your faith legacy in this world? And all the people out there that have never heard the good news of Jesus, how are they going to hear unless we start dropping seeds and being part of God's creation story? It's more than us. So with one simple thing in his last words, profound life lessons. And you could talk about this more and more in Bible studies. And the nice thing about that example is that every one of us could teach on it every one of us and we'd have a different emphasis and they'd all be good abide to know Jesus to make Jesus known that's it abide to know Jesus be fruitful to make him known that's all we do all day every day the conclusion for this when you think about the last words that were shared today, in the, the Bible lesson that we read before that, John um, chapter 4, chapter 5, the one that we read in, the, in, the, in um, this one John, the word love was used 30 times. 30 times in one Bible lesson. Count it. Go home, count. Be loved, love, loved. 30 times. We're to be a church that loves. And we know what love looks like because we know what it's like when we receive it. And we know what it looks like when we don't receive it and how it hurts. We're to love. And we're to abide. Seven times in eight verses, he tells us to abide. Preserve these last words, church. And present these words. That's what it means to be the church. To know Jesus, make him known. God help us. Amen. <laughs>